it's Audrey. Welcome back to I'm Mostly Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode two. Um, If you missed episode one where we talked about the top 10 most popular quarantine hobbies, I have it linked on my Instagram and Facebook page, so please go check it out. Um, I'm so happy that you guys are back here and listening, and today we're going to talk about something that I think, especially in the last couple months, has become more relevant and tense. Um, This topic is much more serious than my first episode, but like I said, I'm trying to just put out the type of content that I'm currently feeling and wanting to talk about, but also that I think is relevant and matters to other people. Um, So our theme for today's episode is the social media black hole. And I know that that title is incredibly cringy. (laughs) I I get it. Um, But it was the best term, I guess, I could use to describe kind of what we're going to get into here. Um, And so let's just hop into it. So this idea, the social media black hole, is essentially that, you know, as we all know, the social media platforms that we love most, YouTube, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, all of those, um, they have an algorithm and they utify, they utilize AI to basically feed you content that they think you're going to be interested in. So once you've established what types of videos or pages or groups you have an interest in, a passion um, to be a part of, they'll continue to feed you that same content. And this is true for your likes and interest, but also for Um, your religious and political affiliations. There are some people who do a very good job of kind of keeping that offline, but I think honestly when you create a Facebook profile, one of the questions it asks you is if you identify more liberal or conservative. And so at some point, it's just kind of unavoidable. Eventually you're going to interact with some type of political or religious content And once you've made that interaction, that's kind of your brand. And so slowly but surely, you will be fed more content that supports and reinforces those beliefs. Because that's what, you know, the AI thinks you want to see and you're interested in and you like it. And what would the point of a social media platform be if it was constantly showing you things that you didn't enjoy? then you wouldn't spend any time on the platform, which means you wouldn't see as many ads, which means that, you know, the companies facilitating the platform wouldn't be making as much money. So I get what they're doing. It's totally smart. And it makes sense, I would say, 90% of the time to engage with content that you already know you have an interest in. However, when we start getting a little bit more political um i do even though i i personally identify more as a liberal um i'm definitely more left when it comes to the majority of my political beliefs however i still think that it's important to engage with more you know traditionally conservative creators um 
because I want to be as knowledgeable as possible on a wide variety of subjects. And I don't think that it's, you know, responsible or it makes me seem like a better person if I just shut down another person because I don't agree with what they're saying. And so I don't want to hear them out at all. And that's kind of the idea. That's what happens when you get sucked into the social media black hole is eventually the constant content feed of yes this supports what i already believe i agree with this this makes sense it has to be true i'm going to be intolerant of anything else and that i think is all coming to a head um i would say especially in the last couple months but let's be real for the past four years um the intolerance has just been outrageous and so i did want to spend a little bit of time talking about it um especially because i've seen it in different ways from like family members from my friends from my peers even people that i used to work with like i need to discuss this and kind of talk about it to get it off my chest and if there's anyone who is a part of my podcast audience thus far who doesn't know about it or who hasn't thought about it before um it was important to me to kind of have this conversation so let's let's talk specifically about youtube i think that is the platform that i spend the majority of my time on um i watch i really enjoy watching podcasts on youtube um i like lifestyle and kind of health wellness fitness content i watch a lot of beauty content i watch some cooking channels um just that's my type of you know feel good videos that i i like to watch um when it comes to podcasts i i go back and forth so one of the ideas is or one of the things that i've seen is that if you are someone who traditionally watches, if you consume any type of political content, and you watch traditionally liberal creators, um, your feed is going to just give you more liberal creators. And anytime it brings a conservative creator kind of into your feed, more often than not, it's going to be trying to like debunk them or this is why this person is wrong, or this is this conspiracy theory that the right or the left um, has put forward. And let's, let's talk about that. So it tries to illegitimize whatever the opposite side of your political belief is. Um, and I think that style of content, those are like commentary videos. Those have gained popularity a lot, I would say, in the last couple years. Um, And each kind of YouTube community has their own, I guess, branding of commentary videos. There's drama channels, um, there's like news outlet channels, which I don't even think that we can call them news. But commentary has become really huge. And now I can respect commentary that comes from an expert in a particular field. You know, if we're going to talk about, um, I'll use some beauty uh, examples, um, just because I'm a little bit more familiar with them. You know, if we're going to be talking about uh, 
why the production of a certain makeup product failed. And the commentary is coming from um, someone who works in a lab or, you know, someone who's in charge of uh, product distribution or product creation for a certain brand. It's like, okay, I understand you are, you have experience in this particular field. Um, and depending on how long, you know, they've been a part of it, maybe they could be labeled an expert in that field. So I can appreciate commentary coming from that standpoint. However, a lot of times commentary is just coming from people who want to have an opinion on some event or idea that has transpired. And I have zero problem with that. That's what I'm doing. I have a podcast as like a commentary creator talking about my experience interacting with different events and ideas. However, I'm trying to make very clear that these are my personal experiences. That doesn't mean that they are fact. And that doesn't mean that you also had or are going to have the same experience. Um, my biggest you know, hope that after is that after listening to this episode and hopefully episodes in the future, you know, the biggest takeaway is to make sure that you educate yourself and you do your own research. Um, and that's something that I feel is sometimes lacking from the commentary channels. You know, if you have a large enough following, then what you say is just truth always. And so I think that we as people who are trying to create content and then also we as people who want to consume um, we just have to be wary of that and definitely you know think about it Um, and also challenge ourselves to step outside of what our established belief system is Um, yes i identify more liberal but i think it's important for me to consume or at least engage with some conservative content because that makes me a more well-rounded person. And it also helps, you know, foster tolerance. I, I don't dislike people because they are conservative and I wouldn't ever, you know, discredit someone purely on how they identified, you know, left or right of the aisle. Um, If we're talking about discrediting, I'm, you know, I'm interested in, you know, were you educated um, in the topic that you're trying to discuss? I'm interested in your morals. I'm interested in your experiences. And that's how you, you know, dictate or decide whether or not the person that you're trying to engage with is someone worth your time. And the same thing applies to different content and so that's kind of the whole idea of this social media black hole is that the algorithms that are in place while I understand their purpose and while the majority of the time they do what they're supposed to do um, we have to try and break that cycle every once in a while to see different content in our feed to see different people in our feed I don't know if you guys have experienced this but I feel like especially on Instagram and Facebook I only see, you know, posts or or photos or whatever from the same, I don't know, maybe like 30 or 40 people, I feel like. And then the rest of my feed is ads. Just constantly. God, there's so many ads. 
on Facebook and on Instagram. It's just insane. But I feel like I really only get to engage with the same kind of handful of people. And then vice versa, whenever I post or share something, I feel like the same 200 to 300 people see it and, you know, have the opportunity to like it or share it or whatever. And I don't know, I, I have any of you guys had, you know, that experience because I feel like I have to go searching for people if I want to see what they've been up to lately, if they're not within my normal rotation. Um, and maybe, I mean, that could definitely have something to do with frequency of posts. And obviously if I like their pictures, that means I enjoy what they're sharing. And so again, the algorithm wants to continue to feed me them because they see that I enjoy what they're sharing. Um, so it's kind of, you know, working for you and against you at that point. So I guess my reminder again is just try to step outside of that comfort zone and educate yourself and do as much of your own outside research as possible. Um, just to ensure that, you know, you, you want to be putting your best foot forward and you want to make sure that you're informed before you take a stance. Um, that being said, another thing that I've seen a lot of, which, and within my own personal kind of Facebook circle, um, I feel like Facebook is notorious for pushing and sharing these just crazily named articles. I mean, they have will have the most outrageous, ridiculous tagline or title. Um, and so people share it more. They're like, oh, yes, I 100% agree with this. This is what I'm talking about. Or it's the other side where they're like, how could this person say this or do this? And so they share the article. And I feel like very often they do it without reading it because then I'll you know, take a second and I'll open the article and I'll read it. And it's like the information inside is not even close to what the tagline or the title was. And I, I understand why that happens also. I mean, that is the essence of clickbaiting. You want to put something radical and crazy out on the face so that people engage with it. And then maybe you'll get lucky and they'll actually read or watch what's inside. Um, but you need to get them to engage with the content first. So I understand, you know, why the authors choose to to do it that way. I get it. Um, but I would just caution <laughs> um, the the people that I follow and who have a habit of doing this. Please read the article. <laughs> like, you know, take a second and, at the very least skim it so that you know what you're sharing um and that's for two reasons number one you know if the article contradicts what the title says it just makes you look kind of silly for for sharing it and un uneducated and it's like oh they clearly you know they didn't read it they just they did because of the title they weren't paying attention um on the other hand you don't want to kind of facilitate the spread of articles that are so misleading and information that is incredibly misleading and could be potentially, I don't want to say dangerous. I think that that's maybe too strong of a word. 
Um, but it's, you know, it can be harmful to people, to your own personal relationships and friendships if they see that, you know, this is what they think you believe or support and then what actually happened wasn't that at all. So overall message there is read the article before you share it. I mean, that I just, I feel like it's kind of simple logic when it comes to, to social media. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about, uh, in kind of wrapping this up, this is going to be a shorter episode, but it was something that I needed to get off my chest and just kind of get out there is in the last couple months of quarantine, um, I think a lot of people have been spending more time on social media. I know I have. I mean, my screen time has gone up considerably. Um, for the people that have, you know, gone out and you're exercising all the time or you're trying new, some of the 10 hobbies that we talked about last week or going hiking or whatever, congratulations. Super proud of you. I have days where I'm like that, but I have many more days where I am just on social media constantly. Um, and it, oh gosh, it just, it's just become so toxic. I feel like I waste hours on there and then I just am upset by what I see because it's, you know, violent or vulgar or I'm frustrated because the political climate is crazy and, um, social tensions are crazy. And I just, the, I have this overwhelming feeling of what, you know, how can I as one person do anything to make a change in any of this? And that kind of weight, that feeling of, um, you know, how, how can I as one person be responsible for all of the bad things happening in the world? It's very damaging. Um, and so I, you know, I caution you if, if you're getting those feelings of, I just can't do this because there's, you know, problems A through Z and I, I don't know how to handle or take care of each of them. It's, it's not your job to solve every single problem in the world. There are many things that you can do within your everyday life that can make, you know, a small change and, and, you know, help the, your neighbor and help the person next door and help your community. And that can kind of grow and ripple out to, for an overall larger positive effect. Um, and that is something that I definitely recommend, you know, take it in strides, take it in, in small steps, but try to distance yourself from those negative feelings of the world's falling apart and it's my job to fix it. If any of you experience that in the way that I have, I think when I start going through the list of all the hell on earth right now, it is, uh, it's just, it's so overwhelming. I, I can't even think about it because it's incredibly upsetting and I just, I don't want other people to, to feel pain or sorrow or, um, you know, to suffer, honestly. But unfortunately, I, as one person, don't have the power or the capability to end that for everyone currently. Um, 
What I can do is sign petitions for things that I believe in. I can donate to causes that need it. I can um, support businesses around me to ensure that my community is economically thriving. Um, and I can personally take care of myself, both my body and my mind, to make sure that I live a long, healthy life and I continue to do those little things that make a difference to the people around me. And so that's, you know, all that I can recommend. If you are struggling or suffering in these last couple months and you just feel unbalanced and you feel like you need life to get back to normal, um, I think it's going to be a long time before that happens, unfortunately. But, you know, we can do this. We can take it one step at a time together and hopefully um, each week these 20 to 30 minutes that you spend listening to this episode or to another podcast of your choice you know they help you to kind of relax and get out of your get out of your own head for a little bit it definitely helps me to just sit here and and talk since um i don't have the opportunity to do that with other people very often and you know in the future i'm gonna try to get a little bit more audience engagement and interaction I'd love to do, you know, like a Q&A style video or podcast, sorry, um, just to hear what you guys are thinking, what you want to listen to, um, and overall just continue to, to make this a positive space uh, that we can enjoy together. So thank you guys again so much for tuning in to episode two. Um, I know we kind of went, you know, back and forth, but there was just a couple things that I felt like needed to be talked about and hopefully you learned something from this episode. Um, I realized I didn't do this in episode one, but I guess I should share. Um, my Instagram is Audrey T a underscore T E. And that's where I'll have each new episode linked. And then also the home site, uh, through anchor where you can access all of the episodes. If you like to go back and watch an old one, um, and then also on my Facebook page, you can access any of the episodes as well. Um, but we'll be back next Tuesday for episode three. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week. Happy Tuesday. Bye.